It is 5 November, Sunday. I'm Charlie Garrett, and this is the CG Prophecy Report. The always demented league. That and a lot of other things to go over on today's report. Okay, um, let's see here. Uh, is anything important happening? Well, yeah, something happened. Uh, uh, my daughter, who was expecting a baby at the end of the month, uh, called us on Friday night, and she said, um, I have preeclampsia, and they've just rushed me to the hospital, and uh, uh, they're going to induce labor. And so my wife got on the first plane up to Islip, New York, and uh, she was there an hour after our granddaughter was born. So if you want to see a photo of her, it's back there. But uh, yeah, I'm finally a grandpa. I'm finally a grandpa. Yeah, so there you go. So I guess that's important. So uh, we'll just close with that. No, okay. Uh, let's see here. Um, got some news from Israel. From the Times of Israel, the DOD admits it is returning weapons. And I said that this was going to be a giant mistake. And now it's cost you, the taxpayer, lots of money because they just don't think things through 10 seconds. DOD admits it's returning weapons to Israel that have been dispatched to the Ukraine. Remember that? They, they took all of this armament out of storage, which is intended to protect Israel, and they sent it up to the Ukraine. Now they're sending it back. The DOD admitted it is now having to send back to Israel some of the weapons it sent from its stocks there to Europe for the Ukraine while insisting it could supply both. We withdrew 155 millimeter shells from the stockpile in Israel for our forces, and now we are sending that back to Israel for their use. In January, the Pentagon first acknowledged that in order to supply Ukraine with these 155 millimeter artillery shells, which are about this big, I mean, they're very big, um, uh, for its ground war in Russia, it dipped into its stockpile in Israel. I reported on that and I immediately said, this is not a good idea. The stock, if I can figure this out, and I'm a complete dummy, I mean, listen, we've got the finest of the military that obviously aren't that fine anymore. The stockpile is for uh, U.S. forces in the region, but also for Israel forces in emergencies, such as responding to the October 7th Hamas terrorist attacks. In the aftermath of those terrorist attacks, the U.S. flew more weapons to Israel. Half of the shells in the stockpile in Israel were shipped to Europe last winter, but now the Pentagon is admitting some of those weapons are being sent back. Pentagon officials were vague on the amount being sent back, but said much of what was sent to Europe has been redirected and provided to Israel forces. Axios reported the number of 155 millimeter shells being sent back to Israel were in the tens of thousands. Now, if they're this big and there's tens of thousands, that's a lot of removing stuff and it costs a lot of money. So tens of thousands of these. The Pentagon official also said the U.S. is assessing its stocks globally to see what could be made readily available for Israel and the Ukraine. The U.S. can walk and chew gum at the same time, the official said, adding, so we're going to continue to ensure that the Ukraine has what it needs to defend its territory, and at the same time, we're ensuring that Israel has what it needs. Two very different operational environments with different levels of need and consultation, and we're continuing to prioritize both. However, Army leaders have already publicly expressed concerns about being able to meet demand from both Israel and the Ukraine. 
from the New York Post. Israel may use new, and most people have probably heard this, but it's so cool. I like this kind of thing that I thought I'd report it. Israel may use new sponge bombs to seal and block off Hamas tunnels. The IDF could deploy the new handheld devices to negotiate Hamas labyrinthine tunnel system and trap any hidden fighters in them. The sponge bombs consist of special compounds based around a liquid emulsion that can be thrown into a tunnel where it swiftly expands and hardens. Think of the uh, good stuff that you pour into your, uh, your wall to pack it up. Or, yeah, same type of thinking, but they make a bomb out of it now, and they toss it in there, and it globs immediately. The device would leave Hamas fighters with no escape and allow Israeli commandos to secure safe routes to travel while securing hostages. The Hamas tunnels are believed to stretch for hundreds of miles underground, although the blockaded Gaza Strip itself is just 25 miles in length. The IDF has reportedly trained soldiers to use sponge bombs at the military's mini Gaza mock-up of the underground tunnel system constructed at Urban Warfare Training Center in the Negev. The bombs feature a barrier that keeps two volatile liquids separate. When it is removed, the liquids combine and immediately react. Really cool stuff. From Zero Hedge, these kids have, I won't say it, something for brains. Uh, Billionaire Leon Cooperman slams Columbia protesters and he halts donations. Now, the reason why I say this is because children are not born with that for brains. This is trained into them, okay? And I understand that he's upset at these students that are doing what they're doing in the colleges, but it is the colleges and even before getting to the colleges that is doing that. Hence, we just had a couple people walk in a minute ago that homeschool their children. And now that my granddaughter is born, I would insist, even pay them to not go to work and stay home and homeschool their children. Okay, one of them has to work. I mean, they got bills to pay, but uh, it's more important to me to get an education for children than it is to be rich, than it is to anything else at this point, because you are going to ruin your children by sending them to public education. Even in Florida, this should be taken as an axiom, although it may not be as bad at this point. That's the point I wanted to make about that article from CBS. Richmond City Council passes resolution supporting Palestinians in Gaza, accusing Israel of ethnic cleansing. Al Jamainer, Jews not allowed, literally. This is actually literally displayed. Jews not allowed, just like it was in Germany. Nazi-style sign at Istanbul store signals rising anti-Semitism in the country. Literally, signs saying Jews now, it's just like going back to World War II. The world has progressed none. From Breitbart, I will kill you. Yes, Istanbul. Breitbart, I will kill you. Jew, nine-year-old boy threatened with knife in playground in Brooklyn. They're threatening nine-year-old children. Okay, we got some news from Christianity Today. And uh, I have one thing I'd like to petition for those who watch this report is that Silas in Kenya, you know, we helped him build a church. We've helped him uh, get water for his community. Uh, Just all kinds of wonderful things this guy has done for his community. Uh, Schoolhouse, I believe. I can't remember all the things he's done, but um, uh, he is now buying property for the community so that he can they can feed themselves. They don't have to rely on anything else if necessary. Um, The bill that is left for them is $9,500, which is not a lot of money. 
somebody came forward this past week and said, I will offer to match anything up to $4,000. So if anybody wants to help with that, if you uh, give a hundred, they'll give a hundred. And if you somebody comes along and says, "I'll give twenty five hundred, they will give twenty five hundred up to four thousand dollars they are committing. That means that there'll be eight thousand dollars, and I will say this right now, if that eight thousand dollars is met, I will pay the final fifteen hundred dollars because I want this to happen. If you want to help Silas get this property, please let me know, and I will do what I can to tell you how to get it to him, and uh, we will get this done. He has two months to get this complete or uh, they will not get this property. Uh, that was in the agreement that they signed. Okay, from the Western Journal, Canadian military chaplains directed not to invoke God in public prayer except on Remembrance Day. Liberal members of Trudeau's government have gone on the defensive after media reports that the nation's military chaplains had been ordered not to pray. Minister of National Defense Bill Blair responded to criticism over that directive, arguing, in essence, that it had been misrepresented, but a DND spokesperson seemed to confirm the media reports. The Chaplain General's directive on chaplains' spiritual reflection in public settings clarifies that on occasions where CAF chaplains are asked to address public ceremonies and functions in which the CAF members are required to attend, they will offer words of reflection that respect the diversity of belief of those gathered, including those who do not hold religious or spiritual beliefs. Uh, Ms. Garrett, how are you? I'm good. Good. Good to have you here. Um, Did you bring potato salad? Huh? Did you bring potato salad? She's going in. To, she made potato salad for you all. That's why she's late today. She, she, uh, she should sit in the front yard. She, the front she yard. needs to sit in the front row, yeah. Maybe you get a potato salad exemption. I'm not sure. Anyway, uh, I'll find out in a minute because she, uh, she'll let me know. Um, okay, where was I? ABMA contrasted that with the idea that in a chapel, chaplains may always offer prayer consistent with their own spiritual and faith traditions, which would seem in context to confirm that chaplains were no longer permitted to offer such prayer outside of chapel or in the context of pastoral care. They can't mention God when they're giving pastoral care to somebody outside of the chapel. Tell me that makes sense. Let's be clear, Blair said. Canadian Forces chaplains are not and will not be banned from prayer on Remembrance Day, nor at any other time. The Chaplain General's directive seeks to ensure that public addresses reflect the spiritual and religious diversity of Canadians. Okay, there you go. Diversity will kill any nation. Okay, if they cannot agree on a, a way of addressing God that is united then that nation will fall. That's going to happen to America. It's going to happen to Canada. That is not how serving chaplains have understood the directive, according to an active military chaplain who requested anonymity to avoid reprisals. So they're being threatened if they mention the name of God. They said that the October 11th directive amounted to a ban on publicly quoting scripture or even mentioning God. To avoid what the directive refers to as gender-based analysis, references to God as our Heavenly Father were also to be avoided. It is essential for chaplains to adopt a sensitive and inclusive approach when publicly addressing military members. Specifically, the directive requires chaplains to carefully choose words that are inclusive. Now think of this. This is the military, and you're going to hurt their feelings, and now they're going to go out into the battlefield and be shot at, right? Right. Tell me that makes sense. From Breitbart, 
Pope Francis thanks notorious LGBT activist for his ministry. Pope Francis recently wrote to notorious LGBT activist Stan J.R. Zerkowski to thank him for his ministry with gays. This guy is an activist for the gay cause, and he's saying that's a ministry. In his handwritten missive, the pontiff thanked Zerkowski for his October 10th email explaining his outreach, saying in Spanish, thank you very much for your ministry. I pray for you. Please continue to do so for me. May the Lord bless you and the Madonna watch over you. Fraternally, Francis. Zerkowski is author of the 2022 book, Coming Out and Coming Home, A Gay Catholic Man's Journey from Marginalization to Ministry with a Few Miracles Along the Way. Okay, I'm not going to read any more of that. You get the point that uh, he is acknowledging something that cannot be a ministry as a valid ministry. It's just what we've been saying about this man. He is not he, he is a front for a globalist agenda, yeah. and he is there not to build up the Catholic Church, but to further erode it and destroy it. Yeah. NBC, Roman Catholic Diocese warns, now listen to this, think of the irony of this. Roman Catholic Diocese warns fake priests are preying on California parishioners. I think the real priests are as well. That's what I thought was the ironic part about it. Anyway, got some news from the Mideast and Africa today from CNN. U.S. and Gulf nations target, this is good news, that even the other Islamic nations are doing this. It tells you how serious this is. They are targeting secret Hamas investment portfolio worth up to a billion dollars. Now, remember where this money came from. It came from the Obama White House. It came from the Biden White House, $225 million he sent to him. And now they're targeting this, okay? Uh, because it's caused a problem. If they couldn't see it, they should never have been elected, but that's another issue. The U.S., along with some Mideast nations, are stepping up efforts to target a secret Hamas investment portfolio. Do you know that if they took all of the money that they have spent building those 135 miles of tunnels, which are very expensive to build, it takes manpower, it takes concrete, you see them, they're a huge labyrinth. If they had taken that, and all of the missiles that they have built, and all the infrastructure they dug up, like water pipes to build these missiles, they'd all be millionaires in Gaza. They'd all be millionaires. Okay, um, the Treasury Department is working with members of the GCC, Saudi Arabia, Qatar, Kuwait, Oman, Bahrain, and the UAE. U.S. and Saudi officials convened an emergency meeting of the Terrorist Finance Targeting Center, which includes U.S. and GCC nations. The U.S. official said there's been a redoubling of the effort since Hamas' attack on October 7th on Israel to use the TFTC to go after Hamas, Hezbollah, and other Iranian-aligned militant groups, including by sharing relevant, timely, and actionable info. Now, they included Iran in that, which means that we've got all the other money that Obama sent to Iran and that uh, Biden has overlooked, even though there are sanctions on the books which do not allow what has been happening, Biden has not enforced them. And this is, what was it last week? $65 billion is what they've earned. Okay, it was a huge amount of money. All of that money has come because of incompetence by these officials in the uh, White House. Or actually, I would say purposeful incompetence. Treasury has said the global portfolio of investments includes companies operating under the guise of legitimate businesses in Sudan, Algeria, Turkey, and the UAE, and other nations. 
We cannot tolerate a world in which Hamas and other terrorist organizations fundraise live and operate with impunity, abusing the financial system to sustain their terror. From our perspective, not acting against Hamas and its terrorism is a disservice to the Palestinian people. Absolutely. From a financial standpoint, we can clearly see that Hamas has exacerbated economic hardships for decades in the Gaza Strip by diverting humanitarian assistance. I've said this for years. If you send them humanitarian assistance, all you're doing is freeing up money over here to do what they're doing. They're not helping anything by sending that humanitarian assistance unless they go in and they restructure the entire government. And they're not willing to do that, okay, um, to support its campaign of terror. And we must publicly condemn these actions. From Reuters, broken Lebanon cannot afford war. And Hezbollah knows it. Now, this is an important article because everybody's worried that Hezbollah is going to get involved up north. Um, this person seems to think that that is not going to happen simply because of finances. And that would be a good thing. I've been saying for at least two years now, watch Lebanon. Their economies continue to fold. It's continuing to fold. And right now they can't do anything. Okay. So they are willing to go in with Iran, but at this point, there's not enough funds for them to be able to do this. And so I would agree with this. I don't think Lebanon's going to get involved. Um, I, before I go on, and I'll probably talk about this next week more with some articles, but uh, Turkey has um, sent back ambassadors. Now they've, they, they have cut off communication with Israel for the most part, not completely, but for the most part. Now, Turkey is one of the countries that has to be aligned with Iran and Russia in order for Gog Magog to happen. And everybody's been emailing me this week, does this mean that Gog Magog is coming? And my answer is still consistently no. Why? Libya. Libya. Libya is not yet involved. And until Libya is involved, the Bible must be vindicated. They will not attack Israel. But as soon as we see Libya in play, anything is up. Anything. So just keep your eye on Libya and, of course, the Sudan area as well as a part of that. And they could be tomorrow. So we'll just have to watch that. But Libya is really the key to whether things could happen or not. Okay, uh, with an economy in ruins and a crumbling state, Lebanon can ill afford another war between Hezbollah and Israel. Iran-backed Hezbollah knows this and is keeping Lebanon's crisis in mind as it plots the next steps in the conflict with Israel. As the war between Israel and Hezbollah's Palestinian ally Hamas reverberates across the Mideast, the risk of war between Hezbollah and Israel remains higher than at any point since their last big conflict in 2006. Analysts say the Shiite group could escalate if Hamas appears to be on the ropes in the Gaza Strip, only 130 miles away, while Lebanese leaders fear Israel could choose to instigate a major conflict with Hezbollah. But with Israel warning Hezbollah, it would wreak devastation upon Lebanon were the group to open the front. The costs of any war loom large in a country already suffering one of the most destabilizing phases since its 1975 through 90 civil war. Hezbollah has no interest in war. Lebanon has no interest in war. The group did not want to see the country destroyed and Lebanese fleeing from the south as thousands already have. So that's a good analysis. I think it stands. We probably don't have to worry other than just small skirmishes to keep Israel busy. They need to keep forces up there. And so they, you know, they can't direct them down to Gaza. They need to keep them up there. And that's probably their target at this point is just to keep 
Israel active, okay, from the Times of Israel. Moscow hosts Hamas delegation. I don't know if you heard about this, but this is not good. I told you that Turkey is having problems with Israel. Russia has been hugely belligerent with Israel over the past 14 days, okay? Moscow hosts Hamas delegation and Iran's deputy foreign minister prompting Israeli outrage. Hamas representatives, the people that just went in and killed 1,400 Jews, their representatives arrived in Moscow to discuss the ongoing war with Israel with Russia's deputy foreign minister in a meeting that was also attended by the deputy foreign minister of the terror group's chief sponsor, Iran. The stated goal of the visit was to discuss the ongoing war with Israel and ways to stop Zionist crimes supported by the U.S. and the West. The Hamas delegation also praised the position of Putin and the efforts of Russian diplomacy. The Israeli foreign ministry scolded Russia for hosting the representatives of the terror group as Jerusalem's public frustration with Russia grew. Hamas is a terrorist organization worse than ISIS. Israel sees the invitation of senior Hamas officials to Moscow as an obscene step that gives support to terrorism and legitimizes the atrocities of Hamas terrorists, said Israel. From Wynette, UC Berkeley class offers credit for attending pro-Palestinian rallies. Yes, Breitbart, Germany to begin large-scale deportations believe it or not, says Schultz as country faces record number of illegals. This is the first time there's been good news coming out of Germany in regard to this in a long, long time. These people, they can't deport people that commit terror acts at all. I mean, they have these laws that are literally crazy there and they are fed up and they're going to start deporting people that are not welcome there any longer. From the South China Morning Post, Pakistan prepares deportation centers as deadline for Afghans loom. Islamabad has given hundreds of thousands of Afghans, it says, are living illegally in Pakistan until November 1st to leave voluntarily or be deported. Millions poured into Pakistan over decades of conflict in Afghanistan during the Soviet invasion, the Civil War, and the U.S.-led occupation. So we've got countries that are starting to deport, and we've still got our borders open on the south. So... There you go. Okay, I told you last week that we'd have something interesting from Mongolia, and you would go, ooh, and ah. We'll see if you do. From Mail Online. The best places to visit in 2024 named by Lonely Planet. Mongolia, Far North Scotland, Philadelphia. Paris and Australia's Kangaroo Island are among the destinations you must explore next year. I want everybody to get your tickets for Philadelphia right now. Okay. Lonely Planet says it, is, it has awarded Mongolia the gold medal as its ideal for seekers of wide open spaces, adventures, and culture. Its capital, Ulaanbaatar, is also teeming with people and unique attractions. So here they are, the best countries. Uh, I want to see if you agree with all of this list. No. Mongolia, no. India, Morocco, Chile, Benin. I don't know where, where Benin is, so that tells you it's got to be somewhere in the middle of nowhere because it's what? Africa. Okay, Africa, Benin, and then Mexico, <laughs> Uzbekistan. Oh. Now, this one, this next one is for certain. You're going to want to go. Yeah. Pakistan. Oh. And then Croatia and St. Lucia. Okay. 
uh, there are more details, exciting details at Mail Online. But when I saw, yeah, thank you. Uh, when I saw Pakistan, I thought, what are they thinking? I, you know, I don't know. I mean, they're over there. They're killing people in the streets. And they, I don't, whatever. I mean, I'm sure some of them are really nice. I understand that places like Croatia, it's through its war. It's no longer a hazard. I understand it's really beautiful. I mean, I don't know, but Croatia, and uh, there's another country of their little country right in that area. And it is like one of the nicest places. Serbia is probably nice. I mean, you know, it's, it's got a nice climate and all that. But anyway, uh, there are places we think are still bad because of the war, but they're actually nice. But when they said Pakistan, I thought, you know, I would like to go to Pakistan. Don't get me wrong. I just don't think it would be in the top 10 of my list. Uh, okay, Daniel 12 technology. Uh, this is interesting. Uh, it's the kind of thing I would not want to know. I'll give you an example. Somebody uh, is fine. They go in because they have, you know, a pain right here or they got a pain right here, you know, and they get an MRI. And while they're getting an MRI, they say, oh, you have a brain tumor and they die two days later. If they didn't know, they would have continued living, right? Uh, there are some things that uh, we were talking about this yesterday. Um, my mom said that uh, I, my grandmother's sister, uh, her husband tended to her. She was, uh, you know, had terrible arthritis and she was in a wheelchair and he tended to her faithfully for years and she died and he died. He was very healthy two days later. So there are certain things in life that cause us to die. So this is one of the things I don't want to know. AI to predict life expectancy of cancer patients with chilling accuracy. Yeah, scientists have developed a way to tell how long cancer patients have left to live to within months. Currently, medics' prognosis of how many years someone will survive after diagnosis can be vague and sometimes wildly inaccurate. Just this morning, I read a article, a girl in Mail Online. She was told she had terminal, I think it was lung cancer. You've got five months to live and she didn't want any treatment, and she's still alive years later. So they're just wrong sometimes. But patients can live many more years longer than expected, while others see their health plummet upon receiving the news of diagnosis and die within weeks. That's what happens. People give up hope. But scientists have used a huge database of the medical records of most U.S. cancer patients to train AI to give a prediction accurate to within 10 months. Charities say knowing how long you have left could help people make the most of their final years and plan, here it is, a good death. I got to tell you something right now before I go on. If you don't know Jesus, your death will not be good. Please know Jesus. That's my main thing there. From a clinician point of view, more clarity around prognosis could help us ensure we support patients as early as possible and help them maintain the best possible quality of life until the end. Cancer is increasingly becoming a disease people live with in Britain rather than die quickly from. While total numbers diagnosed continues to increase as we live longer, cancer death rates have fallen by around one quarter since the mid-1980s. But this shift has opened up questions about how people deal with a terminal diagnosis, even if they have years left to live. The tool analyzed the records of more than 400,000 patients diagnosed in 2015 and 2017 with breast, thyroid, and pancreatic cancers from the NCDB. This contains the records of 72% of newly diagnosed cancer cases in the U.S., 
Northwestern University used it to train the algorithms to recognize patterns between characteristics at diagnosis and patients' survival at five years, and then to rank the factors with the greatest influence on survival. They included markers specific to the patient's tumor, as well as patient's age at diagnosis, tumor size, and time from diagnosis to treatment. Within 10 months, they believe that they can accurately tell you now. Without a medical person telling you, who, as they say, is often wildly inaccurate. Uh, It's a dangerous world, including the inevitable plagues the book of Revelation prophesies of. From Newsmax, common fungus linked to Alzheimer's disease. Now, I was hoping my wife would be here for this because she was in the Alzheimer's section as a nurse for like 20-some years. She got out in her last five years and went to another section, but uh, it's interesting. A disturbing new study found that common fungus, Candida albicans, can enter the brain and trigger a cascade of events that may lead to Alzheimer's disease. Scientists from Baylor College revealed that as the brain endeavors to clear the fungus, toxic protein fragments known as amyloid beta-like peptides are generated. These fragments are key players in the development of Alzheimer's disease. Mail online. Children who get COVID shot are infectious for the same amount of time as non-vaccinated study finds. Kids who got boosters were infectious for the same duration as unvaccinated kids. Studies suggest return to school plans don't need to include vaccines. Just the news. That's mail online, though. Um, Just the news. To meet pollution regulations, Irish farmers consider slaughtering as many as 41,000 cows. Okay, they were talking about this a year ago, 200,000 cows, but now they are right at that crux where they have to make the choice, and there's 41,000 cows getting ready to... um, be whacked. Farmers in Ireland are reportedly considering slaughtering as many as 41,000 cows in the next 10 weeks to comply with the country's environmental regulations limiting nitrogen. The country imposed restrictions this year, but they will become more restrictive in 2024 as the result of water quality concerns. Farmers can comply with the restrictions by first increasing the amount of land, like they can afford that, or finding someone to remove animal waste from their land or they will have to thin their herds. So they, they build up a false dilemma, and then they say you have to act on it. Exactly. Morality is declining. LifeSite, American Academy of Pediatrics, urges doctors to talk to kids about, you can imagine what? This, 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 and this. I'm not even going to say it because we got some small children here. The, by the close of the conference, according to one slide, now this is the American Academy of Pediatrics. Little children, they're supposed to be telling them to do these things. Um, according to the slide, pediatricians were expected to feel comfortable discussing these things with youth using updating language and asked to open-ended questions about the youth's identities and their blank behaviors. Breitbart. This is finally somebody making a stand. I've seen a few of these. I mentioned it a couple weeks ago. This is what women should do. And these in, uh, where is it? I think it's Brazil. Female jiu-jitsu contestants quit tournament after being forced to fight males. They need to say, we're just going to start our own thing. We're just going to have our own competitions, and we're not going to be a part of these larger organizations anymore. And once they do this, they have got the handle on it. Yes, that's right. From Fox, Japanese Supreme Court shoots down law requiring removal of your 
parts to change genders. It's unfortunate, but now it was law that if you wanted to be the other, you had to go through the process. That's no longer the case in uh, Japan. So, But they still don't allow same-sex marriage. They don't acknowledge that. Newsmax. Here's the priority of the NHL. Hence, I don't watch sports, but especially not hockey. NHL lifts ban on rainbow-colored pride tape. So now you can take your uh, stick and color it in whatever color you want, and that's what's important to them. Other news from the Western Journal. Overcharged. Major study reveals alarming true cost of owning an EV, fueling equal to $17.33 per gallon. If you own an EV, that's what it actually costs, and here's why. A study called Overcharged Expectations claims that without federal subsidies, so that means that our money that is paying for these people to have EVs, yes. if without that, it would be $17.33 for per gallon, okay? Um, without the federal subsidies, the real cost of fueling an electric vehicle would amount to $17.33 per gallon of gas. The study from the Texas Public Policy Foundation said electric vehicles do not stand alone in comparison with other vehicles because of the wide array of direct subsidies, regulatory credits, and subsidized infrastructure that contribute to the economic viability of EVs. You don't get any subsidies when you go out and you buy a car. You don't get anything. The study claims that a 2021 EV would cost $48,698 more to own over a 10-year period without the $22 billion in government favors given to EV manufacturers and owners and said traditional gas-powered vehicles are cheaper than an electric vehicle without subsidies. Way cheaper. The report further estimates that the cost to other people for the strain on the power grid from charging electric vehicles comes out to $11,833 over 10 years, funded by taxpayers and utility ratepayers. Military.com. I'm so embarrassed to identify with my old, you know, service. The 42-year-old airmen, they were getting ready to retire at 42 when I was in the Air Force. Air Force and Space Force raise maximum age for active duty recruits. Under a new policy change, active duty Air Force and Space Force applicants, applicants going in, can join up to the age of 42 meaning the services are now willing to take the oldest recruits of all military branches. The entry age limit has changed from 39 to 42. The Air Force has made this change to align with DOD policy. This opens the aperture to allow more Americans the opportunity to serve. Did you know that the opportunity to serve is an aperture? (laughs) The new change applies to active duty airmen and guardians both officers and enlisted. Brown added, saying the intention was to give those recruits an opportunity, an aperture, to serve a full 20 years since the age of retirement is 62. The increase in the enlistment age comes one month after the Air Force announced it missed active duty enlistment goals for the first time since 1999. 
Other services have also taken the same approach in recent months. In November, the Navy raised its maximum enlisted age from 39 to 41, citing the need to widen the pool of potential recruits, creating opportunities for personnel who wished to serve but were previously unable to due to age. The sea services change made it the branch with the oldest potential recruits, but now that distinction goes to the Air Force and the Space Force. Unbelievable. Zero Hedge, the 10 mass shootings since Lewiston you didn't hear about. Most articles about the animal in Lewiston, Maine, who shot 31 people killing 18, focused specifically on the shooter's skin color and AR-15-style rifle. Just this morning, I saw that the AR-15 uh, ban in the Seventh Circuit Court is upheld because it's too scary. It's, you know, it's a scary looking gun. It's the exact same gun that doesn't have all the scary looking stuff that people carry around and are allowed to. It's the look of the gun that they are banning. That's all. The media seem to have missed the 10 mass shootings that have taken place in the three and a half days, days since the main massacre. Now, this was last week, but it was interesting enough for me to include it. A mass shooting is defined as four more people shot, not including the shooter, in a fluid situation. Lewiston stands out because of the unusual high body count. Also, the shooter escaped and was at large for quite a while, so they could promote it with that as well. Every news source from Maine to New York kept readers glued to their sites with stories of the shooter may come here next. Left-leaning, gun-grabbing racists cheered when the Lewiston shooter was identified as a white male. Lewiston victims were still cooling in the local morgue as commie pundits dutifully went to work decrying the two things they hate the most. Uh, this is not a, a bad term. I'd never heard it, and I had to look it up to make sure I wasn't saying a bad word. Peckerwoods and AR-15s. A peckerwood is somebody that lives out in the woods. He's just a, you know, a hillbilly, basically. It was a convenient distraction from the weekend festival of lead that we saw in all the familiar places. Since the Lewiston shooting of October 25th, our nation has been home to 10 more mass shootings. This was three days after that shooting, most of which didn't warrant a blip on the news radar. The 10 shootings left 14 dead and 65 wounded. Two took place in Chicago and left 19 people ventilated. 15 in just one shooting involving a handgun. A handgun. What do you do? Shoot, 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 and then refill and sh I mean, a handgun. And they're worried about a scary-looking gun. Anyway, um, astonishingly, no one gave up the ghost. Indianapolis was home to a shooting that left one dead and eight injured at a Halloween bash in a building the police somehow can't identify, which to me sounds like a pop-up party. That's where kids just get together all of a sudden, okay? The victim's age has ranged from 16 to 22, which makes sense. The bloodiest shooting since Lewis interrupted when two groups of maniacs decided to shoot it out during Halloween festivals outdoors in a Tampa area bar. So you got these liberal cities, and that's why they don't highlight these things. It's not important to them. What's important is when it's a white guy that's in a conservative city, mm -hmm. and they can use that to, to further divide the racial context of the United States of America. So... That's all that matters to these people. They don't care about anything except dividing this nation and destroying the moral underpinnings, the God-given underpinnings of this nation, that we're a Christian nation, that we follow certain morals and values. You can't quote the Constitution without being in trouble anymore. It's very sad. Zero Hedge, ADL Caves, ADL Caves, they've got a whole site. You ever want to just go to the Alliance Defense League? They've got a whole site. 
and you can look at America and they've got these circles, oh, thousands and thousands of them, and you click on anyone and it takes you and it tells you how bad these people are, right? Things like the uh, Alliance Defense Fund, the uh, they're a conservative group that protects the rights of people and they're on there. This is a bad organization. These are the terrorists of America. This is the ADL that's saying it about the Alliance Defense Fund, okay? Um, I'm surprised we're not on there, okay? Uh, What's his name? Usama Dakdok, who came and talked to us yeah. many times. He's on that list. Um, well, anyway, libs of TikTok. ADL caves after libs of TikTok levies legal threat over defamation. Now, listen, libs of TikTok. I don't know if you've ever heard of her or seen her. She's a girl that all she does is she takes a clip of a liberal that says this, and then she takes the same liberal that says this, and she posts them up there. And she shows the hypocrisy of their stand, okay? She just takes her own words, okay? And she got banned from Twitter for this when it wasn't owned by Musk for simply taking people's words and showing their own hypocrisy. So these people have identified her as a terrorist. And so she threatened them directly on Twitter. The ADL, which now exists to fuel censorship of opinions which diverge from establishment orthodoxy, has bent the knee to Kaya Rychik. She's a Jewish lady. You know, she's like 30 years old. She's, you know, better known as Libs of TikTok. Rychik threatened to sue the ADL for including her in their glossary of extremism. Enough is enough. I'm calling on the ADL to immediately remove my name from their glossary of extremism. She did it right in a tweet on X. Not only have they defamed me, they also lumped me in with terrorist organizations like Hamas. They have until October 31st to remove this defamatory entry before I'm forced to take more action. They removed. Breitbart. Bowling alley where main attacker fatally shot seven is a gun-free zone. Every single major shooting of this type that happens always happens in a gun-free zone because they know there's nobody that's going to take them out. They know that. Always it's a gun-free zone. From the Gateway Pundit, gun sales spike 200% in Maine after tragic mass shooting. Something good came out of this. Okay, people are exercising their Second Amendment right, and most of them were probably Democrats that said, I'm not going to own a gun. That's terrible. And now they realize the enormity of the situation. Okay, National Pulse. D.C. stores display, get this, framed images of toilet paper and other items to stop product being stolen. All you do when you walk into the stores in D.C. now is they've got pictures of what you want to buy. This is a picture of toilet paper. And you walk up and you say, I want to buy this. Somebody goes in back, they get the toilet paper, and they bring it out front because there's so much thieving going on because of Democrat policies. Yeah, it's Democrat policies that have ruined every major city in this nation. Every liberal city has done this, and they're all heading in this direction. That's all you get when you go into a store now. From Fox, Ford, GM, Mercedes come clean on EV demand weakness with subsidies nonetheless. In other words, nobody's buying them. Nobody wants them. And they've got tons of them that are going nowhere. Tons of them. It's been forced on them. They got these subsidies and they're still losing money because they can't sell even with the subsidies. Washington Post. Russia prison population plummets as convicts are sent to war. They're taking them out of the prisons and they're saying, 
go kill. And they won't be coming home. Yeah, they're sending them here, too. Yeah, southern border. Okay, who said it? We stand today at a crossroads. One path leads to despair and utter hopelessness. The other leads to total extinction. Let us hope we have the wisdom to make the right choice. Woody Allen. (laughs) Total despair or total distinction. Let's make the right choice. Okay, got a Lesserick here for you. Let's see if you can figure out who he's writing about. There are some that like Kaya, some not. ADL has put her on the spot. Said she's much like Hamas. Kaya says, was ist das? Now it's off the list. ADL is fraught. Or as Kathy's wife would say, the ADL is shot. (laughs) Okay, something encouraging. Something encouraging? Jay just walked through the door. And Joan, that is encouraging. Listen, if you want to be encouraged, if you want to be happy, if you want to have a joyful life, attend the Superior Word, where we got people like Jay and Joan that attend. This is wonderful. This is great. I was trying to think of something encouraging to say, and it walks right through the door and does it for me. Isn't that great? Look at all these wonderful faces here. Best congregation on the planet. Are you encouraged? Okay. From Breitbart. European Parliament chooses abortion activists as finalists for Human Rights Award. Oh, wow. Yeah. And then from Zero Hedge, more irony, lots more irony. Anthony Fauci to receive prestigious ethics prize for saving millions of lives. Such is the world in which we live. So from Sarasota, Florida to Ulaanbaatar, Mongolia, I'm Charlie Garrett, and that's your CG Report for the Week.